Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of AWM Insights. I am your host, Eric Averill, and I am joined by my co-host, Brandon Averill. And we want to pick up our conversation from the last episode where we were talking about risk and ultimately what is the reward for the type of risk that you take. And this is the upside of ownership. What we wanted to break down today is what are the fundamentals of ownership? It's a term that gets thrown around a lot, whether it's ownership or equity. And sometimes I don't think we all uh, truly understand what goes into it. And so we want to dive into that conversation today. And, and Brandon, let's just start with a definition of what do people mean when we talk about ownership when it comes to investing? That's a great question, Eric. Uh, I'll start off with really looking at it from a stock perspective. So you know, I think when you buy a stock, you need to understand that you actually own a piece of that company that issues it. So you become a part owner of that company and you'll generally make more money if the company does well or if the company doesn't well, do well, you're going to lose as well. That, that's helpful just even in a basic definition. And why is equity really preferred over being a bondholder or, you know, what we invest in the public markets known as is fixed income? Yeah, that's a great question as well. So kind of sticking with the stock market, what it really does when you have ownership. So when you buy that stock and you have ownership in that company is it gives you the opportunity to join in the success of that company. And as we expand out on asset classes as well. So you look at like real estate, I think a lot of people understand this. When you actually buy the house or you buy the apartment building, it's going to give you the opportunity uh, to do well if that if that uh, entity does well. So if the real estate property does really well, it appreciates in value or kicks off a lot of cash flow, you're going to do well. But if you have an earthquake and the building falls down as the owner of that building, you're going to lose everything that you have. So it's very much the same way with the stock market. If you invest in one single company, that company does superbly well, you're going to do great. But if it happens to go bankrupt, you're probably going to lose all of your capital invested there. And just on the flip side, I think it's important to point out as the as the debt holder, right, uh, the security that comes on the downside compared to why they don't get to participate on the upside. Sticking with that example on the real estate, you know, we saw in 2008, 2009, when investors that were flipping homes, unfortunately, couldn't pay, pay the mortgages and clearly they weren't going to make money. They lost everything, but the banks, uh, because of their position of a bondholder, actually uh, retain the asset of the home. And so there's definitely a place for fixed income within your portfolio. And really, that's more of a conversation of your risk appetite. Um, so it, it's really important to understand what is the benefit of, of equity and of fixed income. Brandon, when we start to talk about equity is it all created equal i mean it can't just be only about how much equity but how important is it the type of company that we're investing in break that down for us yeah another great question i think when you start to think about the value right of of your ownership and we'll go back to ownership of companies that value is really derived based upon what all of the owners think that that company is worth in the future and so what goes into that is figuring out, okay, do we think this company is going to appreciate as part of it, but really how much cash flow is going to kick off from that company and what's the company worth? 
So it's very forward looking. And ultimately, your equity is only, you know, as valuable is only valuable if your company has a successful future ahead and successful predicted outcome. And I think that's really where we get into the differences, I think what you're pointing at, and what our expected returns from those differences are. So kind of sticking with the public stock market, where we know that all information is available um, and it's efficiently implemented, uh, there's a difference, right? Your large companies are a little bit more stable than your, than your small companies. But what comes with that is that your large, co- large companies generally have less room to appreciate and value. So uh, really understanding the differences and what those expectations are, are going to drive how much you should expect from a return from those investments. And I think that brings up a good point of going back to your plan as an investor of understanding what you're trying to accomplish as there are over 10,000 publicly traded uh, companies or your decision to go into the private markets is every type of ownership carries a different higher expected return based off of the level of risk that you're willing to take. And so it's really important that it's not just a, hey, I want to invest in this one company based off of the name of it. We see this a lot going on right now, Brandon, is we've had crazy volatility in the public stock market. And there's this enticement from people to think about individual companies watching their prices change drastically with what's going on in the world and now thinking, hey, you know what, this has to go back up. What would you say to trading individual equities and and believing that certain companies have to return to the prices that they've been at historically. Yeah, I think anytime you start a sentence where with uh, this has to, uh, whether <laughs> go up or down, you're probably you know not not thinking about the problem correctly. So uh, there's nothing certain. None of us have a crystal ball. I wish I did. Uh, probably wouldn't be recording this podcast, um, but at the end of the day, you start to look at it. Right, well, a couple of weeks ago, we had Warren Buffett generally considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest investor of all time, uh, sells American Airlines, just gets out of the position. And now you've got a lot of people that think, well, shoot, American Airlines, it's got to go up from here. I mean, the share price is only $5 or whatever it is. And I think that's a little bit tricky. I think you have to understand what goes into a share price. You know, psychologically, we think, you know, $100 per share uh, stock has, has less room to grow. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. You just need to have a, a little bit better understanding how that goes, you know, gets gets put together. Another great example is Hertz. I mean, we had Carl Icahn, same thing. Another great investor sell out. The company's bankrupt. And yet we're seeing like wild price movements and people just feeling like, oh, people come back and rent cars. There's no way Hertz goes out of business. You know, those are just difficult places to be when you take into account the fact that information is efficient it's available to everybody so just kind of speculating uh on these on these stocks short term is you know we know not very successful or not very sustainable uh but in times like this with high volatility it's definitely uh enticing but at the end of the day you just want to go back to being a long-term investor that's really really where the value is at and so that's where i would continue to to point people because you can if you're a long-term investor take advantage of some of these opportunities as you know eric and, and we do here at awm you can look at 
at the situation and say, hey, I know small companies generally outperform large over time or value outperforms growth. And so if I'm a long-term investor, I'm willing to, to ride those ups and downs a little bit. And I'm willing to allocate because I want those higher expected returns over time. And to kind of stay on the rift, it, the same goes with the private markets. You know, companies that are private, uh, information's not as available. And there's all kinds of different stages in, in private companies. But if you have the ability to take a long-term horizon, we know that if you have a diversified portfolio of startup companies, it probably will give you at least a chance for higher expected returns. So you can start to look back at your plan, like you mentioned, Eric, which is the most important. And you can start to figure out where do I want to be from a higher expected returns and you know what's the risk and is that risk adjusted return the place that I want to be? You make a great point there of even bringing up on the private markets. Is this really what we want for first our clients and then for the audience and really for everybody is it's not just asking what is the the best company to invest in is is it a right piece of our plan given the the risk and the goals of of what we're trying to achieve and it's stepping back and asking better questions it's remembering uh, who has an incentive for us to want to trade our accounts or to invest in certain ways is when we see things on the media of understanding that their job is to sell news or a lot of financial advisors unfortunately are driven by uh, brokerage commissions. And it's really taking a step back and saying, as an investor, we want the highest expected return. We talk a lot about like making sure that you capture what you deserve. And that's the best thing of understanding what goes into market prices is going, you know what, you don't have to make the mistakes and, and take on a ton of risk of trying to trade a bunch of individual companies on the short term because there's a long proven evidence-based way of investing both in the public and the private markets that is really accessible uh, to people through through qualified advice. And so um, listeners, we super appreciate your guys' attention is always tuning in. We love these conversations. Please reach out to us. Let us know if there are topics that you would like for us to cover or even to dig into to more of how you put together an investment plan that is diversified and uh, takes advantage of everything that we've talked about. And until then, stay humble, stay hungry, and always be a pro.